Welcome to a brand new episode of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Eddie. I'm your co-host, Andy. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode. We got a lot of things lined up for you today. Thanks for tuning in. It is just Eddie and I today. Just the two of us, man. There was a Genesis album back in 1977, the year I was born. Nobody identity, identity steal me, please. Um, and uh, it was called And Then There Were Three because there was members of Genesis that just kept dropping off. And they're like, well, we're not going to replace them. Yeah. <laughs> and Pat didn't drop off. He's taking a break. He didn't drop off. He's He's got stuff to do. And like we said last episode, we've decided in order to record more regularly, if one of us for some reason can't make it, we're just going to power through. So Pat's here with us in spirit. And sometimes when this happens, when one of us is unavailable, we'll invite a guest on the show to kind of fill that third microphone. But Eddie and I are just a couple of paranormal dads, and we've got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, we have been wrestling with this switchboard again just a little bit, but we got the demons worked out of it, didn't this we? This switchboard got the devil in it. I tell you what, it's possessed. But I think we've got the knobs and buttons. This thing, seriously, looks like the like the deck of the USS Enterprise. I'm sitting here like, I might send one of us to a different dimension if I push the wrong button. Oh, it's like NASA's mission control, man. You hit the wrong button, we might go into orbit. Like, I'm afraid to push a button right now. Like, even kidding. I'm like, and this one, and the whole thing blows up. So anyway... Uh, hey, also a quick little uh, housekeeping thing. Uh, we have switched podcast hosts, and we kind of want to maybe that uh, this is after the fact. We decided for years your guy here, Eddie, was using a, a specific podcast host, and no shade to them. Super helpful, super great for what we needed. But guess what? This show has grown past that podcast host's abilities to do the things we need. So we have moved exclusively, if you will, to Spotify. Thank you, Spotify. Uh, you can still get us on your favorite podcast app, so you're not hosed. If you're like, I don't like Spotify, I like Apple, I like this. We still show up on those. Uh, hey, if you've noticed that we're not, shoot us a message. Let, let us know. Hey, you're not showing up on my, on my favorite podcast app. But we are, being, uh, we are hosting through Spotify and hoping that through that we can offer you more fun stuff as time goes on. So there you go. All we can do is evolve and adapt, right? That's what's kept our species alive for millennia. You know, we needed food, so we invented fire to cook it, right? Exactly. And we need some podcast revenue, so we moved into <laughs> Spotify to hopefully get some uh, get some money and we can actually start doing some expeditions, live events, uh, having more merchandise available to everybody. You know, the thing about merchandise is so fun. It's like, order a shirt, but then I'm waiting for the actual order because then I'll buy the shirt versus you, you love to have shirts ready to go, you know, so it's a whole like cat, uh, chicken, cat and the egg thing. That, that That's a thing. It's the cat and the egg. The cat and the egg. Speaking <laughs> of cats, I'm about to uh, put a, a space helmet on my cat Darwin over there because if you do hit the button that launches us into orbit, he could be a, the first cat in space, cosmonaut. Ooh, yeah, it's like the cat from outer space. Good <laughs> Disney movie if you ever watched that one with your kids, but uh, hey, speaking of cats from outer space, I think we got some recent sightings coming up andy we do and one of our sightings came from outer space believe it or not there it is okay so for recent sighting today i actually have a couple different things i want to cover i love it each one's a little more bizarre than the next um but i want to start with a fireball eddie fireball flew over great balls of fire <laughs> Goodness gracious, great balls. I hear I love and you're out of my parable brain. <laughs> I'm taking a drive Sasquatch insane. Then, 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 then. Look at that beautiful singing voice. Goodness yeah. gracious. <laughs> voice like an angel. Uh, something like that. But we're talking fireballs. April 13th, pretty pretty recent. Uh, rare hey. fireball flew over Maine. Uh, now there's a $25,000 reward for pieces of space rock. 
Wow. So what are we doing in Omaha, Nebraska, recording a podcast? We should be up in Maine trying to collect the 25K. See, cut to the scene of you and me starting up some, like, rider lawnmower that we somehow ride to Maine because we can't take our actual cars. And we're like, go! <laughs> we just chug a lug all the way to Maine to look for space rocks. How much again? $25,000 if you can find it. Well, actually, that's, that's crazy. for the first, uh, that's for the first, ooh, um, let's see, what's the, the first kilo or something like that let me find the the measurements but for the first x amount of this hunk of rock uh you're going to get 25k and they're willing to pay nasa's willing to pay extra if you can find bigger pieces of it as well but this is like drugs they're like <laughs> well kilograms how many kilos <laughs> that you got how many kilos of space rock i'm itching for it i don't know we should go out there with our picks and you could you know you get into character with your uh you know hillbilly prospector voice you know i'm ready i'll chase people off of that thing i'll be like ah don't see Clink, 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 pickaxe and a tin little copper cup. That's not alcohol, this thing. I'm alcohol free, everybody. I drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> like, this guy's unstable. We have to vacate the area. We got to go. This guy's going <laughs> to cause problems. But th- there was there was a rare fireball, uh, fireball spotted streaking across the northern main sky in broad daylight. Um, experts were hoping to study the meteorite are now suffering, or excuse me, offering a financial reward to anyone who can recover it. Uh, NASA says this was actually the first radar-observed meteorite uh, that that fell to Earth and has ever been seen in Maine. Um, shortly before noon uh, Saturday, witnesses reported seeing a bright fireball over New Brunswick, Canada, and that was followed by loud sonic booms near portions of Maine. And that's, uh, they say, especially unusual because most fireballs are spotted during the night when, you know, the light can contrast against the, the dark background. Yeah. But this fireball... Uh, being seen during the day is super duper rare and uh, imagine how bright that would have to be to be seen during the day i mean it, it almost calls to mind that footage from years back in russia, in russia? Where the dash cams and it just lit up the sky like oh yeah you know almost blinding you know like that that caused a lot of that killed some people the I, one in russia did it certainly injured some people at the very least blew up built uh blew up windows you know, apartment buildings yeah. i mean cars gotten i mean it's not, and russia has all these dash cams well, they do because of insurance fraud. People just throwing themselves in front of vehicles, yeah. hoping to get an insurance. Oh yeah, court, you know, court case. Everybody's hitting everybody, trying to make some money, and so they have insurance. They have literal cameras on all their dashboards, and yeah, that's how they caught this thing just detonating over like uh, I forget the town. Anyway, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, uh, I can imagine Yetis out there in the in the Siberian tundra looking up. Well, bye, Cracky. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Oh, dude, that's where that one. Uh, the, it's two of those, the Ten, Tenguska event, yep. where there's some debate on that. And we did an episode on that. We did. Uh, where there's some debate on whether that was an actual detonated meteor that was like, like shot by Tesla like right before it hit the Earth or if it was something else. But there's a giant dead patch that won't grow. You can't do anything, Andy. You can go out there and bless that land all you want. You can shake your dream catchers all day long. Nothing's going to grow. <laughs> Nothing's going to grow. So what is it about Russia that the universe doesn't like? Just the, yeah. chucking fireballs from space at Russia. I'm telling you what. I don't know. They know. But anyway, uh, NASA was able to detect that meteorites have uh, had fallen, and they actually calculate where they may have landed, noting that strong winds up to 100 miles an hour carried smaller ones across the border into Canada. So now there's a mile-wide strewn field of debris that stretches from just north of Waite, Maine, uh, to Canoose, New Brunswick. And the Mineral uh, Museum is encouraging people to get out there and explore it. So, you know, it also says the existence of uh, positive Doppler radar returns, you know, meteorites detected descending through the atmosphere just several miles above the ground, basically assures us that there are meteorites waiting to be found, says Daryl Pitt, who's the chair of the museum's meteorite division. But, yeah, $25,000 for the first kilogram uh, that people can find. And the museum says, you know, they're looking for new meteorites only. So if you find ones that have, you know, organic plant material growing on them, it's likely to have been in the field for a while. Yeah. But a couple telltale signs of meteorites, they say if you're out there in the area and you want to look for them, is they're very dense. They're a very heavy uh, composition. So if you pick up a rock, you know, usually kind of blackish or metallic in color, they will seem heavier than they than they appear. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, like, they're way more dense. They're way dense. And they're also magnetic. So they say try to try to slap it to your refrigerator, see oh. if it sticks. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And it could give you space cancer. Yeah. 
No, you don't, you don't want space cancer. You don't want space cancer. But, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, these things have been hurtling through space and time for thousands, tens of thousands, millions of years. Yeah. So when we see them in the sky just flashing across, you know, our Earth sky, that's like the last, you know, seconds of a journey that could have lasted millions and millions of years. That's just it. I mean, you're seeing, the, like you said, the last gasp of something that's been traveling around forever and now it's here on Earth. And I don't know. And, and it kind of goes back to that whole thing of like, you know, we are made of stardust kind of thing. But it is exciting. I mean, I would love and you see it like in museums. I don't know if you've ever gone to any sort of those like air and space museums or like I grew up kind of spoiled uh, Kennedy Space Center in Florida. You get to see like they, they have exhibits of like chunks of meteorite and all these things. And you're sitting there looking at it. And yeah, I mean, people pay a lot of money for these things. And um yeah, and if you watch Superman, the first movie, like the chunk of uh, kryptonite that fell to the ground, it was like all these people are excited for it, and it can also kill Superman. So don't use it. Don't don't get it. It's bad stuff. Um, and this is in April. Yeah, this was just uh, April thirteenth. Yeah. So pretty pretty recent. And yeah, it's it's interesting. Now, when my grandma Myers was alive, she was a big fossil collector, big rock hunter. Oh wow, there you go. And she told me that in hindsight, you know, she thinks she came across uh, across you know tons of meteorites in her time exploring the the deserts and the mountains and the prairies, but she didn't know what they were. She said she'd always pick up these really dense, heavy, dark uh, rocks, and she could never figure out why they were so heavy. And she huh? And she just throw them to the side. They're worth a lot of money. Just tossing them off. Just to the throwing side. money away, Grandma. I don't want this stupid heavy rock. I want light ones. And <laughs> she just. Threw but them. It, in her defense, she wasn't out there for the money. She was out there because she loved collecting rocks. That's but, just uh, it. Yeah. So that's that's just one of kind of three brief recent sightings. I was also looking for some other things, and I came across this really bizarre article uh, just last week, I believe it was. But in New York, there was a uh, a Russian-born waitress okay. that worked at a restaurant, and she served a, uh, a cheesecake that was poisoned oh. intentionally, served it to a lady who looked exactly like her. No. It was like her doppelganger. Right. But she wasn't doing it because she was scared of the doppelganger, you know, for superstitious or paranoid reasons. She actually stole the lady's identity after she died. Oh. And just ran with it. So she got 21 years in prison. So, wait, she intentionally killed this person. Yep. With poison cheesecake. With poison cheesecake. Why cheesecake, by the way? I don't know. Whatever. Because it's so delicious. just like her. People would eat it anyways, even if they knew it was poison because it was so delicious. This just goes to prove my point. If you're ever out and about living your life, being you, and you come across someone who looks just like you, you have to fight them right there. You just start throwing them around the store. Only one of us is going to walk away from this. Because it's like, it's you or them. They're going to come after you, too. They're going to look at you and be like, oh, dang. I want to kill Time to look at the man in the mirror and kill him. Look, no, you start just beating each other up and target. You know, I mean, I just think like when you see your doppelganger, you either right then, right there, make like an agreement, like, hey, listen, you don't kill me, I don't kill you. You cool? All right, we'll walk away. Or you just gotta take first initiative and just start going for it. <laughs> just start running at him like a, <laughs> yeah, knife hands. Twenty-one years in jail. Yep, killed the lady. I, I, apparently, the motive. I mean, only twenty-one years. She yeah, killed her. Yeah, only, yeah, yeah. Uh, some people are saying that's too harsh of a sentence given the family history and mental illness and this and that and the other. But I, you know, I don't know. I guess she did it with the intention because the lady looked just like her. And then, I don't know, maybe she somehow swiped her identity and just ran with it because, hey, we look similar enough. I'll just be this person. Well, yeah, but the, I don't know. It still feels like, I don't know, you ended someone's life. I, I know. I, I don't know that person running around. But how bizarre is that? And then that got me kind of down a rabbit hole of, man, like. Yeah, like kind of like we were just joking. Like, what if you what if you saw your doppelganger? Would your initial gut reaction be fear or would it be excitement? Because you do come across on like Pinterest and the other social media things when you know these these uh, pictures, these circumstances where somebody meets their like identical doppelganger on like an airplane and they'll take like a fun little selfie yeah, together. Yeah, and like, look, wow, those people look like twins. I met my twin. Right. Yeah, and then later on you're like, oh well, now you got to now you got one of you has to go. One of you has to go. Yeah. Next image, like there's a stake through one of their hearts. Someone's right? dying here in, the, in this scenario. <laughs> someone's not going to make it out alive. And then I, the other thing I came across was an article, and it kind of made me laugh because it was such a no-duh kind of thing. But it was a case where uh, it was a study that was conducted that say people who are prone to paranormal happenings uh, are more likely to be prone to sleep issues and sleep paralysis. 
I'm like, really? yeah, no kidding, because they're kept up all night by ghosts. Because we know <laughs> what what's want? out there, man. We're not playing games. We know what's happening, and so we're like, we don't want to get that happen to us. We're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> but it keeps you up at night, literally. It keeps you up at night. It makes sense though, because. You know, I, 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 for one, haven't spoken to anybody who's experienced sleep paralysis who's not prone to some paranormal things outside of that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean, oh, I see. That's the, that's the correlation. Man, I, I, I don't know. You know me. I'm going to go off on a skeptic rant again. Here we go. But it's like I, I love the idea that sleep paralysis is going to account for all of the things that we literally live with and see while we're walking around in normal life. You know, and it's like, well, you know, we got, it's this classic thing. There was a study done about like uh, there wasn't a study done. There was a study done years ago. This is where I'm going to start saying like people and they please forgive me. It's OK. We don't have all the facts right in front of us all this the time. This is where you're getting the hot take. This is how it goes. Um, NASA, before NASA became NASA, they actually hired this like study group, this like worldwide known group that does analysis of like things and events, technological trends, all these things. They'd had th uh, this group doing uh, a study on society and they were just like, well, what would happen not just in America, but just like worldwide, what would happen to, um, to us, to the world, if we just explored space. They weren't like, what would happen if we found things in space? It was just like, what would happen if we explored space? And they were like, well, what would happen is you could potentially find something. And they even theorized finding archaeological stuff that would uh, disprove our place in the universe. That would basically hint or show evidence that there had been other civilizations, other people around, um, you know, either before us or running alongside us. And that that would actually potentially destabilize our society. But the crazy part about it, they said the people most affected by this wouldn't be the religious people. They were like, it would actually be scientists. Really? Yeah. That surprises me. Uh, because they said scientists, believe it or not, and this is where I'm not attacking all the science people out there, but hear me out all the way through. Scientists need to be right, you know? There's a lot of this thing where in their brain, a good example would be all these stories about like people like the last episode we recorded, people who've seen Sasquatch. From a scientist's point of view, they're like, well, there is no Sasquatch. So what you saw couldn't have been one. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And so like ghosts. Well, ghosts aren't real. So it's not ghosts. It's something else. And they're saying that like modern science especially is very dogmatic in a lot of ways. And in a lot of ways, and you'll see on my main mystery coming up here. That science, in a lot of ways, seeks to do a self-validation of itself other than trying to take into account larger pieces of information that would potentially challenge it because um, they don't want to seem crazy. Or, like, there's a lot of cases where scientists find information that undermines what they originally thought, and they just don't say anything, and they don't publish it or whatever. Because it's like there's a bit of ego involved. Yes. There's ego, and yeah. they have to maintain the status quo, and you get you get too far outside this box that they painted around what they know, mm -hmm. and if they don't, if they can't explain something, then they've lost control. That's just it. And 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 coming back to that notion of ego, it's like I, all of this is connected. My peers, how I'm respected, how I'm looked at, even up to up into funding. I could lose all of this if I start publishing fringy things that. Could potentially be, and this is where we get into like alternative or ancient archaeology, where they're like, this challenges the archaeological narrative. And instead of saying like, oh, actually it does, they just ignore it. They just they just ignore it. I mean, Gobekli Tepe and all those other civilizations they found that literally pushed humanity back another what twenty thousand, thirty thousand years. That's not a small amount of time. Yeah, and. It's like it hints at humanity being on the planet way longer than we were originally wanted to give it credit for. And the large consensus by air quote mainstream science is a giant shrug because they just don't want to talk about it. And so, yeah, coming to what you said, it's like, well, it turns out people who believe in the paranormal have a lot of sleep paralysis. It's like, OK, well, that doesn't disprove what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's, I think, the, the attempt is to be like, well, it's all sleep paralysis. All the ghosts, all the things you see is all sleep paralysis. Well, and, you know, the article didn't seem to, to come at it from an angle of, you know, people who experience the paranormal are mentally ill or have issues. But 
you know, it could be kind of in that wheelhouse of, you know, people who have sleep issues, um, you know, have some mental mental health things going on, and therefore what they're seeing and sensing in the paranormal sense maybe isn't completely legit. Um, it, it is interesting, though. You know, and as I was doing a little bit of digging for this uh, recent sighting, it was it was hard to choose an article, quite frankly, because there's so much, there's so many paranormal things happening on a weekly basis. I think they just kind of get buried uh, by other you know, headlining news and it's, uh, but it's interesting. We'll never run out of material. We've said that a hundred times on this show, right? I love recent sightings. Yeah. It's the best. So there you go. Kind of a three headed uh, monster of a recent sighting there for you. And coming up next, we have pop culture and the paranormal. And I'm just going to warn you, it's, it's going to get a little, it's going to get a little dark. So please lift our spirits during the main mystery. Okay, Eddie. I will. No pressure. It's time for pop culture and the paranormal. Okay, here we go with pop culture and the paranormal. And I did something recently, Eddie, that I don't usually do. What's that? I watched a semi-scary movie. Oh, no. See, you went out there and did it. What'd you watch? I done, oh, I done did it. I done did it. What'd and, you, oh. and I know this is a big surprise for people because we're paranormal dads. We should be watching paranormal shows all the time. And I can handle the shows. You know, tell me, I'll watch a show about a ghost investigation or a Bigfoot or alien abduction. Doesn't bother me at all. I'm looking right at you, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. I love you. <laughs> hey, but, what flavor of ranch is your favorite? Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. Anyway. Um, but when it comes to movies, like things popping out, jumping at you, scary horror movies, I, I can't I can't tolerate it very well. But I watched I'm with you. A Knock at the Cabin by M. Night Shyamalan. That's a new one, isn't it? Was it was brand new, yeah. It just started streaming. This isn't the one where they're on the beach and everybody's like getting old, is it? No. Okay. No. This this one, uh yeah, and I had to watch it because I, I do like his his work, you know, he's he's the director creator of Signs. Uh, he did a couple other really well. Uh, um, Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Uh, what was the uh, the kid who sees ghosts? I see dead people. Oh, that's um. Oh my gosh, what was that? Why are we drawing our, a blank? Our, our listeners are screaming, screaming at us right at now because they has know the Bruce answer. Willis, it has Bruce it has Willis, Haley Joel Osment. It is okay. Well. Moving on. Anywho. We can hear the screams right now. Yeah. But anyway, he's known for his twist endings and the plot twist. And I said, mm-hmm. and, and I saw the previews, and it's kind of like, okay, there's an apocalypse going on. There's these intruders in a cabin. Okay. And what's what's the twist? Sure. So I'm watching the movie, and now I have to say there are parts that are a little bit darker in the movie, but it was, it was kind of within my parameters. I can't handle too much gore. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a ton of it. There was just enough that you might want to you know look the other way just for a second, but it, it wasn't too much. Yeah. And I, this is a major spoiler. So if you're going to watch Ooh. this movie, stop listening right now. Fast forward to the main mystery. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you what happens in the warned. movie. Okay? You've, been, You've warned. been warned. Right now. So... Uh, there's a husband and a husband and they have this daughter that they've adopted and they go on vacation and they're in a cabin in the middle of the woods, I think in Pennsylvania or something. The sixth sense. Thank you. Thank you. The sixth sense. <laughs> oh, it's like an itch that you finally scratched. I was like, gonna, I was going to have, anyway, sorry. <laughs> so this guy, this big, scary looking guy, uh, played by, uh, what's his name? Last name Bautista. Oh, Dave Bautista. Yes, good yeah. actor. He played Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. Correct. Which you should see that, by the way, if you've not seen the new one. I concur. Just think. Oh, you've so, seen saw it? saw just yesterday. It was great. So yeah. Did you cry? Did you get a little I, I almost did. I, I got, almost did. I got teary-eyed so much. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. But anyway, he plays uh, one of the quote-unquote quote bad guys, and he shows up and... You know, he basically tells this girl, he's like, I'm sorry, there's going to be some things that happen today that are kind of scary, but you need to convince your dads we need to get in this cabin because oh. we need to talk to your dads. Okay. She runs inside. They lock the doors. Basically, uh, him and three of his other friends show up with these really scary weapons. They're knocking at the door. They're saying, you must let us in or we're going to break in. Oh. They end up breaking in. They they tell the family, look, I know this sounds crazy. Um, but there is an apocalypse. The world is going to end unless you make a really difficult choice and choose one of your family members to sacrifice. Okay. And they're like, you guys are nuts. You're a religious cult. You're delusional. This is a mass hallucination. Get out of here. Well, they, they tie them up. They're like, we can't leave until you sacrifice one of your family members to stop the apocalypse. And every time that you say no, we have to sacrifice one of ourselves. 
So the family keeps saying, no, we are not going to harm each other. And every time they say no, true to their word, these four bad guys, one of them ends themselves. And it's going on and on. And, and every time it happens, they turn on the TV and they're, they're, they're showing these people, look, you said no. Now there's this earthquake halfway around the world, which we said was going to happen because we've all had visions of this. Okay. And it keeps happening. Flood, famine, disease, like the world, you see it slowly happening. Okay. Right. The world is actually ending. Either that or these people have messed with the audio and the TV and they're feeding these people some fabricated like CGI news clips right is that what they're starting to think like you guys are just hacking our tv and sending it that seems so strange anyway yeah go ahead. keep yeah. going keep so going. anyway Sorry. the plot twist at the very end was that there was no twist the apocalypse was actually going on the family member does make a very difficult decision they they do choose to sacrifice one of themselves and when they do the apocalypse stops and the world is okay it's a straight. There's it's just no... It's, no, it doesn't deviate. Like the whole time, you're like, okay, the apocalypse is not happening. It's not happening. And 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 anyway, so that you know, and at the end of the movie, it's kind of revealed that the four quote unquote bad guys, which turned out not to be bad guys, they were just trying to get the apocalypse to stop. Um, and how did they know? They just did all the research. They they, they all had this the same vision. They all had the same visions of this cabin that they were supposed to meet at in the woods. Uh, they they knew what each other would look like. And when they showed up, they're like, "Holy smokes! Like we're not crazy. This this actually is like a prophecy." Yeah. Um, and at the end, it's kind of revealed that each one of them represented one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which is conquest, war, famine, and death. Right. So that kind of got me thinking. You know, gosh, there's been so many, um, you know, pop culture references to the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't yeah, happened. Yeah. Right. Hasn't happened. But back in 2012, it, everybody was sweating bullets. Remember that? Well, yeah, that was a big one. I mean, and that's happened a lot. Right. People have been like the end of the world's coming. But on the flip side, and this is where this is a brain buster for you. There's a certain belief that these apocalypses did happen and that our consciousness consciousnesses just skip to the next reality. So like. The end of the world did happen. We just instantly transfer to the next reality. So uh, we, we're unaware of the fact that Earth 1 blew up, and now we're on Earth like 5 or 6, and we're just sitting here like, mm. like reality will continue for us until all of it comes undone, not just the one that we were in. I know that sounds crazy, but anyway. But kind of going back to... Like you said, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume 3, which mm. we've both seen, no no big spoiler here, but there's a part in that where, what was it, Counter-Earth or Alternate Earth, when they go to that other planet? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, very, yeah. It's very Earth-like, but it's like a different version of Earth mm -hmm. where the, the, they're not humans, they're like animals. They're like anthropomorphic animals that like walk and talk like people air quotes yeah. they have they, cars they have houses they have jobs they snacks, have photos soda. hanging on their on their wall just like humans do but it's just a slightly different version of the earth that we know yep yeah that's a great scene but this kind of took me down a rabbit hole of other pop culture apocalyptic things and i mean it's been going on since the dawn of time as long as people could contemplate our place in the universe they've been there's been that guy ringing the bell with the sign on the corner saying the end is near oh yeah i mean that that whole idea that like everything that we know and love is going to be over soon you know get ready and and that's been happening for a while for and, sure. and it's always going to happen i mean but back in may 2011 American preacher Harold Camping predicted that the world would end on May 21st, 2011. He used billboards and social media to spread his, to spread his message. Never yeah. happened. Yeah. Then in December 2012, uh, there were rumors circulating all around the world that the world would end on December 21st, 2012, due to the end of the Mayan calendar. Mm -hmm. And even that, back that then, I, I held a quote-unquote end-of-the-world party. Yep. It was a light-hearted party. We were just kind of rounded up some of our paranormal friends and we celebrated and had snacks and like, end of the world, you know. You and I met shortly after that. We did. Yeah. We did. And maybe yeah. the world did end and we just spiraled into a different reality, alternate universe where I got to meet Eddie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Then in September 2015, you had self-proclaimed prophet named Chris McCann, who claimed that the world would end on September 27th, 2015. He actually shared his prediction on social media and through online articles. Never happened. January 2020, conspiracy theories circulated on social media that the world was going to end due to, due to a supposed asteroid impact in April of that year. Survive that. And it just goes on and on. I mean, there's there's endless, countless examples uh, more recently, uh, back in September of last year, September 2022, uh, there was a German politician named uh, Frederick Mertz. 
um, saying that the date that people should rem uh, should keep in mind would be September 24th. He said that something big was going to happen on that day, and it would be almost like 9/11. Well, you'll 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 never forget where you were when this event hit. Nothing happened, but it kind of uh, had everyone buzzing. And of course, then you go back to the guy who started it all, the great uh, Nostradamus. Nostradamus. There you go. Yep. Um, 16th century astrologer, uh, plague doctor, accused heretic, and seer. And he's credited with foretelling the Great Fire of London. Mm -hmm. He yep. is credited with predicting Hitler's rise to power, the September 11th attacks, and the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. But again, it depends on how you interpret his essentially poetry or quatrains as they're known. Mm -hmm. But did you know, and this is, this is kind of frustrating, Eddie, I want to hear your take on this, but he didn't want to write in such a cryptic form. No, he w he had to because he had to toe the line with the church and the religious um, restrictions of the time, and yeah. because of that, he had to make his predictions rather vague and open to interpretation. Otherwise, he would just would have straight up said what he thought was going to happen. Oh yeah, I mean he was speaking in code, and I think there's people in the you know again we're like formed by the by the environment that we're in at the time, and it's like he had to hide what he was saying i mean it's just it's just what it is like if he came out right and said this many years from now this is going to happen this is who it is this is what happens it wouldn't have probably made it past they probably gotten destroyed at that point you know i don't know yeah i mean and people are still that people will always be interpreting his predictions but you know some people are saying uh you know, even some of his predictions stem into 2023, and I won't go into all the details, uh, but a lot of it's pretty dark, and a lot of people are claiming that some of this seems legit. Well, and then there is some, uh, and this, I mean, I don't want to get into this too much, because this kind of gets us off the off the topic of getting into the main mystery here, but, like, there is, coming back to, like, the science and all these things, there's this, um, there was a study done. Uh, on earthquakes back in like I think it was the 50s and 60s and it was basically getting down to the heart of like what causes them and the idea was we don't really know all the things that cause earthquakes and it's like tectonic plate shifts done and they're like actually the more you look into uh, tectonics and people seismologists there's a lot more going on than even that they are even aware of and this guy basically and I say this guy he worked for the National Geologic Survey and he decided to pull in other data to see what other things would be affecting earthquakes. And the the things that the data he used to kind of like correlate and track some of these things, mainstream seismologists threw out the window. Turns out all his predictions on earthquakes came true by monitoring animal behavior, weather patterns, all these things. Things that you think wouldn't affect earthquakes did, or at least pointed to them being able to be predicted. Uh, the point is, kind of like what you're getting at, is... We are filtering out the things we don't want to see or hear because we don't like it. And like you said, if we knew certain things, who was that one woman who was like hit by lightning? Like Mama Babushka or whatever. <laughs> she was like an actual like she like got hit by lightning, was blinded and then was able to like start telling people's futures. I think it was in Russia again. <laughs> of course, everything comes back. <laughs> Why is all the weird Russia. stuff in Russia? I don't know. But but she was going around giving people like predictions and a lot of the stuff was coming true and same thing. It was like some of the things she was saying was so like epic that people were like, okay, we're done. You're no fun at parties. One day you're going to die. Yeah, I know. Thank you. God, I just want to have a happy birthday. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. But no, that's something else. And I, you know, I, the interpretation part is the hard part, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, you can look into it, you can ignore it. But the cold, hard reality is that, you know, the world hasn't ended yet, at least not in a tangible way from our current perspective. So, yeah. you know, there's always going to be people claiming the end is near, um, you know, but we're still here. The world's still spinning. We're still this beautiful blue and green marble spinning around a medium sized sun. Tell you what, I like it. You know, <laughs> I don't know any different. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's open to interpretation. One of the other things uh, allegedly that people are interpreting is that 2020 year, 2023 is the year that, that uh, another Antichrist is going to come along. Man. Now, you can hedge your bets as to which pony you're picking there, and we're, we're not even going to go into politics or anything like that. No. But, you know, and he, he referred to a, a great war that's supposed to be going on right now, a seven-month mm. war, and a lot of people are saying, well, is that Russia and Ukraine? It's already going on. 
Um, it's been more than seven months, though, hasn't it? It's yeah, it's been more than seven months. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I you know why can't he predict anything fun? I know. I, I know. He's like, and Andy will eat pudding cups on the night of May twentieth. And when the moon is full and brightest in the northern sky, he shall have his pudding cups. Exactly. And so I doth, I <laughs> doth,ly duly, devour them. I know, right? Like <laughs> pudding cups by the moonlight by Andy and Eddie. I um, yeah, it's funny how these predictions are. And I think um, once again, we're talking about major events, and oftentimes major events aren't like an, the whole world high fived at once. I wish it was that cool. That'd be kind of fun to see how loud that could be. The whole city high five at it the same be. time. One, two, three. It's organized. I can get like we can't get a group hangout orchestrated. We couldn't get a citywide high five going. No way, man. It'd be impossible. Um, but no, I do agree. Like, how come these things are always doom and gloom? Um, but on the flip, it's like, what else are they going to predict? You know, like I read somewhere. This is getting into the astrology a little bit where. Pluto is apparently like affecting us. And uh, one of the big things about like the gravitational uh, situation with planets is that within that, you're going to see a lot of truth being unveiled, like relationships that aren't going to be like that aren't built on real things are going to fall apart. Governments, things like that are going to start kind of crumbling systems of, of belief or even like whatever or, or that aren't held in some form of truth are going to like not be able to stand. And so it's kind of funny to watch some of that kind of happen too, in a way. I don't know. And it's all thanks to Pluto. Apparently Pluto's do, doing some good things. Mickey Mouse's dog. What are you doing, <laughs> dude? How does a mouse own a dog, by the way? Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I, Eddie, I don't know. It's just one of those, you know, multiverse things, you know, know. some there somewhere out there. There probably really is a planet where mouse really own dogs. You know, I want to see that. I, I want that reality. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, with that, I mean, what do you think out there about Nostradamus predictions? And heck, do you have any interpretations on what's going on in the world events? All those things? Careful what you ask for. People are going to get some emails. This world's going to hell. I only want to hear good things. Only good things. That's all I want to hear. Only good um, things. Um, hey, speaking of good things, we have a main mystery coming at you. But before we get to that, we oh. do want to drop a couple teasers. Uh, please like and subscribe the show. Uh, check out uh, if you want merchandise, hats, stickers, things like that. Get a hold of us. If you have an idea for a show episode, hit us up at paranormaldads at gmail.com. You can find us on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like this episode, check out my uh, podcast called So Strange. You can also find that on Ad- uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And Eddie has another podcast going as well. I am a co-host, uh, one-third of a show called Dimensions. And it's kind of hard to find because apparently like, there's a lot of shows out there with the word Dimensions in it. But do some looking. Uh, find the one that has like a picture of like a lamppost in front of a forest. Uh, that is the show. And uh, we do kind of an avant-garde kind of a, uh, audio art. Like It's like an audio art podcast where we kind of like pick a topic talk about it but it's all chopped up into bits and so you get it in like chunks and uh it's interwoven with poetry music and spoken word drama so have fun with that and now it's time for the main mystery In June of 2011, while treasure hunting on the floor of the northern Baltic Sea, Peter Lindbergh and Dennis Aberg, along with the Swedish Ocean X diving team, discovered a strange anomaly on the sonar imagery map. The anomaly had the appearance of a non-naturally occurring structure, with some theorizing that the anomaly may be either an ancient structure or even a crashed UFO. Yes. The Baltic Sea Anomaly. We're going to talk about the Baltic Sea anomaly, Andy. Let's do it, man. Trying to get a reference point. Baltic Sea, is that like Eastern Europe? Yeah, it's around like Sweden and and, and around that little pocket. A little little further north then. Correct. Okay, uh, almost up towards the Scandinavian countries? Yes. Okay, I was a little off there. And so the idea was, and this is fairly new. Like when I knew about the Baltic Sea anomaly, I thought it was maybe something that was much older. But this is in the 2000s, dude. So these, this team was legitimately doing a survey on the ocean floor, and they came across a very interestingly shaped object on the, on the seafloor. And a lot of people, and I do mean a lot of people, and this goes into my discussion about, like, science. And I do, I mean, I love the science. I love scientists. 
And I think in a weird way, we're all kind of scientists in a way. We're making observations and all these fun things. And it's a great, I love space and God, I, lo I love all this stuff. But I don't love the idea of being stuck to an ideology um, that keeps you from opening up your mind, you know. Uh, Michio Kaku is a great uh, physicist who was very much like, up until recently, was very much like UFOs are probably real. Not, not, not on Earth per se, but he was like, he was doing the classic like statistical like you know the space is big there's probably civilizations we may never meet them yeah he was like they're out there they're just not here Correct. he's changed his tune a little bit he's changed his tune a lot of bit and he is like oh yeah they're here like he's gone 180 and because he's taken into account all of the evidence that's been proposed and he's like okay so these things and he's a physicist for god's sakes and this is where i do i understand on some level what people are doing but i don't appreciate it I don't appreciate it either. It's like, they're like, well, we don't know what they are, so we can't say what they are. It's like, yeah, but you don't need to know what something, like, for example, you could be on your back deck and you could hear some ungodly roar on the other side of your fence. You're like, well, I know that's not a dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Or you could hear a, a snake hiss. You're like, I don't know what kind of snake that is, but I know it's not a cat or I know it's not a, you know, a badger. Right. And it's like, you, you, we know what it's not. Right. And we can't say what it is, but that doesn't mean we can't say what it's not. We don't have the ability in our physics, forget our technology, like to go 900,000 miles an hour with anything, manned or unmanned. And to stop on a dime or reverse directions in midair, we don't have anything that can do that. Even a drone can't do that because the, the physical apparatus would be ripped to smithereens. Yeah, you can't go. You can't go from suborbital down to ocean level in two seconds with a drone. It, it doesn't work that way. No. You know, and, and, and physics, and this is where Michio Kaku was weighing in. He's like, physics alone proves that these things are not from Earth because we can't, there's nothing we can do that does this. And it doesn't occur in, in nature. These things aren't naturally occurring objects. Funny thing that I'm actually looking at you. You're wearing a shirt of a rocket ship coming out of the ocean water. Was that planned? Uh, yes, I was <laughs> we're like, talking about the Baltic Sea. We're talking I, UFOs. You got a uh, UFO coming out of the sea. Yes, I do. I, I looked at the shirt and was like, I want to. I want to have this one as my as my spirit shirt today. You got the Area Fifty One greetings. I got you that shirt. You got me this Yay! shirt. I'm rocking the Area Fifty One. Yeah, it's a, it's a great shirt. Um, and so they're doing a survey and they're looking for treasure. These guys are like bona fide treasure hunters, and I think it's not like their main gig, but they do it like on the side. They weren't looking for UFOs. No, 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 no. Yeah. And they find this object, and I will put pictures up on the on the site. Uh, actually, I guess if we still have a site after the switch, but <laughs> I'll put them up on our social medias, um, and um, you can look at this thing for for itself. And very oddly shaped. And this this is this would not be the first oddly shaped undersea object that we've observed. By the way, there's a lot of these things. Uh, I think it's Catalina Island uh, off the coast of California. Is that the one? Yeah, it's off the coast of California. Yeah, there's a there's a structure under the ocean there that looks very interesting. Uh, you start chuckling. What's going I on? start chuckling because I'm thinking of the movie Step Brothers where they go to the Catalina wine mixer. Yes, <laughs> and I can't say the words that go along with that, but no, it's, it makes me chuckle. It's it's fun time, but. Um, so they're doing their survey. They pick up the sonar imaging uh, map, and they see on this thing this shape. And the best way to describe the shape, and this is where it gets people, scientists and skeptics, give us crap, but it looks like the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. It does. It looks like this circular object with like almost like straight 90-degree protrusions on the front. And you're like, this thing is a spaceship. It looks very spaceshipy. And so they're like, what is this? We don't want to just presume it's something, but it looks very, and then the surrounding area is all very flat, not a lot of other topography going on. So it stands out quite a bit. Well, if they have a, a Sasquatch sighting in the area as well, I'm just going to assume it's Chewbacca. Who That's what I'm saying. Vacated the Millennium Falcon before it crashed. Exactly. And a, and a scruffy looking nerf herder off to the side that prefers a blaster over those dusty old space religions. Um, and... And so they are, their interest is peaked, and they do put it out there as a potential thing. Like, hey, this is interesting, you know. And, of course, all the theories come in, and some people will, like, more, like, air quote, grounded stuff. Well, it's like, oh, it's probably a volcanic rock formation. It could be basically anything uh, natural. And other people on the other end saying, like, could it be an under, underwater structure? Like, you know, and we know that to be true off the coast of Japan. There's those steps. There's these underwater cities that were not underwater when they were built when our sea levels were much lower than they are now 
And so there's theories on that. Maybe this is a structure that was built before there was all this water here. Um, and up into maybe it's a crashed vehicle, mm-hmm. you know. And so really need to get back out there and look at it. So what happens is uh, later on down the road, after the initial survey was done, the same people were able to get private funding and to get out there to basically look for it again, to do a dedicated dive, see what this thing is, and get some final like answers on this thing. So they go out there, they do another sonar survey. Was it still there? Oh, yeah, it's still there. Okay. Oh, yeah. So they go, and of course, the classic where they were delayed by storms, so they were down one day. They get out there. The weather's terrible, so they can't quite get mobilized the way they were wanting to. So they're just, they're just down precious time. They don't have enough time. And I'm like sitting here like, I understand all this stuff costs money, and like when the money goes out, they can't do anymore. But also, I'm like, just keep feeding the money at this point. They're there. What's happening? Like, figure this out. But they're out there. They're under the gun. They're literally like almost now two days like late on their on their initial timeline. So the diver goes down there with some other people, and it's deep. Apparently, so deep they had to do like a mixture of helium in the air, so like they wouldn't form certain like bubbles in their blood and all this. And because they have helium mixed in the air, they sound like chipmunks talking to each other. They're like high fiving under the water. But they get down and they they get up on the object. And once again, the water's murky, it's hard to see. And they're trying to get like samples of the rock around it and just kind of figure out what this thing is. Um they get some rock samples, they bring it up. The rock samples are inconclusive, air quotes. What does inconclusive mean? The rocks. There is some volcanic stuff in there, but there's also some compositions that they don't see from other places. And they're like, and it could technically be an amalgam of like material from a re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere where you get like some like molten metal skull, all this stuff. It's it's basically inconclusive. It's made up of a bunch of things. Okay. And so, and... If you've seen anything that's been under the water for a long time, it gets stuff built up over the top of it. It's not like, you know, even with shipwrecks that we have that are only, you know, not not even a hundred years old. You go down there and it's covered over and stuff. And you're you got barnacles on the on the starboard bow. <laughs> exactly, you got cuttlefish all over the place <laughs> eating eating the ship. Um, so they're trying to get this stuff, and they 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 got as many samples as they could, got out of the water, analyzed the samples. They were a mix of volcanic rock, inconclusive stuff, a bunch of other things, and they couldn't really do the deep dive pun totally intended. They wanted to do. So they get back from the excursion. Not, And this is where you know you, you know your expedition was basically a failure, but you don't want to say it was a failure. You're like, well, we came back with some good data. Uh, it's like us looking for Dogman. <laughs> right. We didn't find Dogman, but we got these crazy trail cams that have weird... That was weird, by the way. It was way. weird. I yeah. what anybody says. Um, and so they get back and they present the data that they, that they had had, too, because they did another sonar survey while they were there. That's a good call, by the way. Don't just go out there and not survey it again with the sonar. And apparently... And this is where I did some more investigation. You'll be proud of me on this one. I didn't stop where they said. They, they were like, well, there was some malfunction on the equipment, and it didn't quite work the way they wanted, and the weather kind of fought them and all this stuff. I found out later they just didn't understand the sonar equipment they had rented, and they had set it up improperly. So, like, it it, it worked, but it wasn't working the way. It's like our soundboard right here. Like, <laughs> Right, right. And so they were like, well, so part of that was user operator error on their part. Like, it wasn't quite capturing the high definition that it could have. It was kind of like, it wasn't digital. It was analog, you know. Yeah. So, not great data. Weird rock. Not a lot of, to, to go off of. The funding's not going to happen. There you go. So, the, what happens is, as time goes on, People who were kind of rooting for them. This is such a like a sad story. They were like, "These guys are great." Fast forward a couple of years later, these guys suck. We hate them. There and then people were like, "Yeah, it's an underground volcanic formation. It's shaped weird. Whatever." Moving on, and people kind of forgot about it. They want to talk about it. And so these guys, it cannot be. And they were getting kind of like it was going from these guys legitimately believed that it was something now they're like no these guys are crooks trying to get us to they they found a weird rock formation and are trying to get rich off of it and they're like no we really believe it's something strange you you don't know like what we saw how we saw it just doesn't make any sense The, the surrounding topography having nothing else going on it's just odd 
so they um they're kind of like uh crestfallen they're sad they they're like and their reputations are kind of on the line one of the guys this just goes to show you everybody out there thank you so much for being great listeners thank you for not threatening to kill any of us this <laughs> this is where <laughs> These guys are getting death threats. One guy was like, it would be a shame if something should happen to you and your your family. I live in your town. And he's like, man, listen, I was just trying to find some treasure. And then I found a weird thing under the ocean, and y'all are giving me grief. So finding a re- weird formation on the surface of the, you know, the, the ocean floor is grounds for often somebody. Yeah. I mean, people are weird. Yeah, people and are nuts, Not man. all people. You people, you know, every, you know, like one bad apple doesn't spoil the whole bunch. But, you know, you got one in there. You know, I got, yeah. a, ba- I got a, ba- a barrel of apples. There's one in there that's not good. You know, <laughs> you know, there's a bad apple in there. <laughs> and so uh, these guys are like heartbroken. They're like, we, you know, whatever. And so you got to love the story. A good comeback story. Yeah. Uh, it turns out they have a crazy fan. And they're crazy good, not crazy bad. It was Elon Musk, right? Uh, apparently. And so they made all of their data available to anybody who wanted to look at it. Like, you don't believe us? Here's our data. Go nuts. And this guy is like, well, here's what's wrong with your data. You had basically, you had wires, your wires crossed. Your, your equipment wasn't set up properly. He's like, it just turns out I can actually clean up all the noise in this data and get a HD version of this data and this guy kind of does what I do. He took that data, that seismic data, or not seismic, sorry, that sonar data, and was able to generate a 3D map of like an actual fly-through map you can put into a computer model and fly around looking at it. And he goes, not only did you get that anomaly in high def when you remove all the noise, you got more than that. So they go back and they look at this data, and I'll put this picture up too. There's the anomaly shaped like a giant disk, weird as can be. And then, like, a trench of following behind it with, a, like, a hill that has a giant, like, hole blasted right in the middle of it as if something just, like, cored right through it. And there's some people who are like, these are volcanic tubes. This is not a thing. This is not. And they're like, yeah, but volcanic tubes don't do. And they start listing off all this actual science. of a. Turns out. It looks even more compelling, like a potential crash site. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Just crashed and kept on going, and yeah, you know. Uh, so, are they theorizing that this happened before that area was underwater? Potentially, because yes. if it had happened, you know, while there was the Baltic Sea there, you might not have got that that kind of deep crevice. Gouge. The, yeah, yeah. Um, so there, so there. Either there's two like lines of thought here, where one is this is a crashed thing. That has like made an actual like you know you know a, a dent in the ground and drag, or it is a construct that has been excavated and built up, and then there, there's been like a like a like a valley cut into this mountain. It's very obvious. I mean, it looks intentional. It doesn't look like oh wow, and that's weird. You know, again, sonar imagery and all these things are not necessarily exact. You're not going to get high definition, high detail, if you will. But it looks super compelling, and it's one of those things like it adds another layer of credibility to the potential that this is not just a rock formation. You know, it looks very like it looks very practical. I'll put it that way. I wonder if there's going to be any billionaires, you know, that step forward and say, "Look, I'll fund it. Let's let's you know drop a uh, a wench down there and let's bring this thing on up. That's what I'm saying. It's like, here's the deal right now. There's a great show on, uh, I think it's uh, it's a history channel. Uh, it's the secret of skinwalker ranch. It's a great show. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, almost just like paranormal caught on tape for pound for pound. It's a great like paranormal type show that place. We have to do an episode on this at some point. Like it's just crazy. But, but my point is when they finally have squeezed all the juice out of this thing and they kind of are done with it, this is the next one to go to, the Baltic Sea. The problem with anything in the ocean, like you know, is just dang near impossible to get anything real or not real but like usable out of that. It's such a volatile environment. It's deep, it's cold, it's murky, it's hard it's it's hard to get there with the weather and the funding and the you know, the, yeah, it's, it's just hard. It's not like it's, you know, going into the forest isn't easy either, No, but you know, going into, you know, any sort of deep water, you might as well be on a different planet. Oh yeah. They've, they've even gone as far as to say for certain ocean, oceanographic type things. 
it's actually easier to get stuff off the moon than it is to get stuff from the bottom of the ocean. And, and this is no exception. I mean, it's got a lot. It's the Baltic Sea. It's cold. It's like deep. It's got, got a lot going against you. But, um, yeah, this mystery in my mind, and I love this because, like I said, Catalina Island, Baltic Sea, there's other things on this, even on our own planet, in the ocean where we're like, oh, I don't know. I mean, we talked about this at one point, too. Uh, what was it called? The um, It's not the blip. It's like, oh, the bloop. The bloop, yeah. Like the worldwide bloop that got yeah. heard, and you're like, well, what was that? We don't know. Is the underwater noise so loud they don't know what could have made that, that sound? I love what they said was if that noise was above the ocean, everybody on the planet would have heard it, yeah. and it would have maybe deafened most everybody because it would have been so loud. Yeah, it would have encircled the whole planet at least once. Yeah. That's how big the sound wave would have been. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. But okay, so we need to go to the, the Baltic Sea. Baltic Sea. Yeah, right, and then we'll head west towards Russia to see if there's any, uh, you T know. Tunguska event. We'll go to Tunguska, and then we'll circle back to Maine to collect our $25,000 meteorite. Paranormal road trip going all over the place. I would love to be part of the uh, this Baltic Sea thing. That's the next level like thing. Like that's You're on the ocean at that's, that point. That's some Indiana Jones type stuff there, man. It is. I mean, just pure treasure hunting. I mean, the environment alone. And there are videos online which you can uh, check out. Just, just type in Baltic Sea Anomaly and go nuts. But the water, uh, you know, it's just so funny. It's so murky and so hard to see anything getting down there. And, and the shape of this thing is so compelling when you when, when you see it and one of the guys even said it uh, um, I forget which one he, they're both Swedish and very heavily accent he's like I'm not sure if I have looked at this too long or if I'm crazy but I, what I see is a crash site you know yeah. and that's what he called it and I'm like I'm looking at the same thing and I'm like oh, a crash site like, that looks like something <laughs> something came down you know and and I, I don't know I love it it just gets my brain just on fire so Baltic Sea hey anybody any listeners uh, around that area, uh, Sweden, Norway, Baltic Sea area, give us a shout. Let us know. We do have listeners from all over the world, so I wouldn't be surprised if somebody in that neck of the woods is listening to this very episode. And thanks for a great main mystery there, Eddie. Anytime. And if we've learned anything on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, don't kill your doppelganger. Don't. Give them non-poison cheesecake. Be nice to your doppelganger. Give them a high five. Be like, listen, you and me got the same body. I know how it is. It's rough going through this world being me <laughs> or you. <laughs> Here's some non-poison cheesecake. <laughs> Why is it the first thing that they thought of? I don't know. I got to poison some cheesecake. I got to steal this person's identity. You know what's going to happen, right? You and I are going to get invited to go on a charter on a charter boat to the Baltic Sea, and we're going to be on there. And I'm going to turn around. And there's going to be a doppelganger and me on the deck looking at me, and it starts choking me over the handrail. I'm like, ah, I knew it. This is how I was going to go. I knew it. Andy! <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for listening to another kooky episode. We'll be back shortly with a, another brand spanking new episode. And until then, keep your eyes and ears peeled. There are mysteries all over this big, beautiful world. Yes, thank you, everybody. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. I think this is the game. There we go. And there's no hiss. No hissies. And it, it's really up there. Hey, how's it going? Oh, my God. There you go. There we go. Yay. Okay, super glue all these buttons so you never mess with them again. <laughs> Take a picture of the <laughs> Take a picture of the board. Give me your phone. Sound good. Talk again, bud. Mike, check one, two. You sound amazing and sexy. There Great. we go. Thank you. I appreciate it. You do. You're a sexy guy. I've always thought that. Um, he's checking his muscles. Specifically, Eddie, tell me which features in particular. I'm just kidding. <laughs> your eyes. It's your eyes. We're all, we all know it's your eyes. My little two poppy. Uh, the only reason you're poppy is because of the, uh, the microphone. So if anything, I would say like maybe tilt it a little bit away like this from you. Pop, 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 or put pop, a pop, pop filter pop, pop, pop. in front of your stuff. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> We're 12. Put a pop filter on your burp. Was that poppy? Did you hear my esophagus flapping around? Oh my god. Welcome to a brand new episode. Can somebody say word? <laughs> oh god. Yeah, here you go. Okay. Welcome to a brand new episode of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Eddie. I'm Andy. And together we <laughs> I'm thrown off! That didn't sound right. No, it didn't. <laughs> Didn't I do that? Mm.
Okay. I used to be able to do a great Urkel, by the way. Can you do it now? I think my voice after my voice changed, I kind of lost it a little bit. But back in the day, I used to do a great Urkel. It was like, mm, gee, Carl, can I have the cheese pops? And I was like, <laughs> I think it's pretty- gee, did I do that? That's why it's pretty good. <laughs> Gosh, Eddie, messing with that switchboard. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> I used to have a good Mickey Mouse, but I it, the yeah. braces and stuff. Let me see if I try it. <laughs> That's good. Listen, <laughs> listen here, Andy. There are things out there that would sooner eat your face than loan you money. <laughs> that will drain your gas tank. In June of 2011, the Baltic Sea anomaly. Starting over. Because Eddie is a moron! <laughs> Boy! You ain't got the sense to get out of a driving ring. Get inside! Dummy, you can't read your own notes! <laughs> I can't.